are you okay? And if you had to live the way you're living right now forever, would you be okay? And if the answer is no, you need support. Beyond you need support, you deserve support. God is providing support because he has more for you. And if you're honest, you're probably longing for more and there are resources to help you get to it. If it's the glory of God to conceal a matter and the glory of kings to search it out, then Queen, we have a few questions to ask and a few conversations to have. I am your host, Liv Dooley, and I cannot wait to introduce you to some of the women who inspire me to fall more deeply in love with the word of God and worship in everything. I am so grateful you were here. Let's go on and get to work. Hey y'all, it's me Liv and I cannot tell you how incredibly elated I am to be back with you. You know, I have a feeling that we both need a break during the summer, and yet it is one of the hardest things that I feel I have to do sometimes because I just want to bring you into these conversations that we are having with our guests in real time. However, one of the things that we always do before we ever press record is that we pray that the Lord would word our mouths and position this podcast in the perfect place for you to find it when you need it most. And I'm so excited about this season as I shared last week with our co-host Ty. We are going to be talking all about worship and y'all, we're not going to brush over the hard things. We're not going to rush past the difficulty that we're presented with when we lift our hands. Instead, we're going to talk about how to lift your hands in spite of those hard things, through those hard things, and dare I say, because of those hard things. I have found that the one thing that worship does for us is invite us to bring all of that pain, all of that trauma, all of that trouble, all of that pressure to the feet of Jesus, to wrestle with it there, and to remember that he is with us in all of it. Today, I am really excited because the study that I have written, Selah, a study of 1st and 2nd Samuel, releases into the world. And I cannot wait for you to get it in your hand. I wanted to share a little bit about what I'd written from the introduction, because I believe that it will serve as a place to help us ground our conversation today. I share, worship is not an instant remedy. You can just engage to start living a life you enjoy. 
It's true that the feelings of rejection waned in his presence, and my rebellion was healed at the root. Even so, I have found that regret waited. It waited until my breathing had returned to its regular beat, and I had begun to believe again. Regret waited until I had finished declaring the word of God over my broken will and reveled in the wonder our incredible God alone produces. It waited, and for a moment it felt as if regret had won. At one point or another, we will all experience rejection, rebellion, or regret, and many of us will experience all three. Still, what never fails to surprise me is how persistent regret is and how it waits on us to finish the physical practice of worship. You know, the part where we lift our hands and trust our healer for the wholeness he alone can provide. It is my prayer that this study will help you learn to foster greater faithfulness in the presence of the Lord despite any negative emotions that persist in your life. Regret is resilient because it continues to redirect our attention back to our shame and our sorrow. However, regret does not have the final say, and neither do rejection nor rebellion. I have found that regret was simply a signal that the Lord used to show me I needed additional help. You know, we do find everything that we need in the presence of the Lord, but I have discovered that sometimes our God withholds good gifts to give us better ones. And although he could have healed that regret at that altar, I have found that there is nothing that limits his presence. He was at that altar just like he was in that office with the therapist I eventually ended up going to see. It's my hope that as we prepare to talk about worship, we would invite the Lord to shift our expectation to see what it is that he wants to do rather than continuing to set on what we want to see. He is faithful. He is loving. And that loving kindness that he shows us on a day-to-day basis is incomparable to anything that we will ever experience. It overpowers everything that we go through. And when we choose to continue to wrestle with the opportunity to worship, he continues to move on our behalf. Today, we are going to be talking about additional resources that you may want to consider or even help a friend to consider further because our great God has given us people to help us navigate trauma, pain, pressure, and trouble so that we can be whole inside and out in every way. 
I am so incredibly grateful that you are here and I'm thankful for the conversations that we get to have this season. It's that time, y'all. My co-host Ty and I are here with another woman you should know. Yes, yes. Liv, who do you have for us? Honey, I have a woman that I have really been inspired by over the past decade and a half since I moved to Las Vegas. Latanya Daniels is the author of Forgiving a Perfect God, Resolving Anger with Divinity. And one of the reasons she inspires me so much is because before she even wrote this book, which she released um, late last year, I saw her really walk out this message. I saw her wrestle with God. And although I didn't know a lot about her at the time, it was very clear to me at a very early stage in my own Christian walk that I had renewed with the Lord, that she loved him, that she had a deep relationship with him. And because of the depth of their relationship, she was wrestling and my goodness to see how she has begun to share her story with the world has just really continued to inspire me to share some of those hard things that people may question can i say that should i say that um and i i just i just appreciate how she wrestled and how she's now helping other women to continue pressing in despite the problems that they have experienced and the pressure that they never expected to encounter in their relationship with the Lord. Amen. Amen. It's it's important. That's such a, a big topic. We we find so many things that hurt us, that anger us. And so to talk about how to resolve that with divinity, we we need those types of conversations because so many people leave the faith because they can't rec- reconcile their anger with God. So that's extremely powerful. So true, so true. So man, it is my hope that you ladies would just get connected to Latanya. She is a worshiper, y'all, my goodness. She has just made a life out of not only living for the Lord through the adoration that she mm, shows and everything that she does, but she also leads worship. She's one of the best piano players that I've ever heard in my life. She can play absolutely anything. And she also teaches young people how to play and how to live for the Lord. And so I hope y'all get connected to her. Although she's not on social, she has a great website and this book that we're going to link below. Latanya Daniels is a woman you should know. It is such a delight to introduce you to other women whom you may not know, but you definitely should. And as you know, Latanya Daniels is not the only one. Today, I have the opportunity to invite you into a conversation with Kobe Campbell. 
Kobe Campbell is an award-winning licensed trauma therapist, best-selling author, media expert, entertainment consultant, and keynote speaker. Kobe just released her first book with W Publishing of HarperCollins titled Why Am I Like This? How to Break Cycles, Heal from Trauma, and Restore Your Faith. With a kind, compassionate, and energetic spirit, she helps people find the truest versions of themselves under the pain that they've endured through therapy, intensives, speaking, retreats, and organizational training. Kobe specializes in working with clients in public-facing professions as they process their trauma in the midst of their creative work and public visibility. Would you please help me welcome Kobe Campbell to the best of secrets. All right, y'all. I just cannot tell you how I am looking forward to this time that we have with our guest, Kobe Campbell. This book is masterfully written, and it was one that I needed, Kobe. In fact, I have to tell you something funny. I pressed um, play on my earbuds while I was outside working in the yard one day recently, and something just started playing. And I was like, who, who is this? What is this? I need them on the podcast. And then I realized <laughs> I was listening to your book. <laughs> oh my so wow. thank you for being here today. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Excited to chat, excited to share, excited to get to know you a little more. Yes, for sure. So the first question I want to ask you is, what led you to write this book? What kind of experiences um, helped you to recognize it was important? And why did you choose to write it for this time in history? Oh, that's a good question. So um, the, the like answer answer is in the intro of the book. So I'll say definitely go to that. Um, but I decided to write the book because I realized it really is about coming to people and getting to people. You know, I think for a long time it was like, okay, come to therapy, come to therapy. But it's hard to convince someone of a resource without them understanding what the resource is, how the resource can affect them, how the resource can improve their life, how the resource can draw them near to the Lord. And so I really wanted to write this book as a like condensed version of the first three months of what therapy with me is like. Um, and not necessarily to draw people to me and to my practice, but to draw people to the truth that God cares about their mental health and that there is not a part of themselves that they have to keep in the shadows to be near to God. There is no part that you have to feel like you have to keep in the shadows to be near to God. He meets us in yeah. the shadows. You know, I appreciated your intro. I was shocked by it because there were so many different pieces that I felt resonated with my own story. I um, tried to first take my life when I was about 15 years old, and I actually took a phone, a little different. I took a phone into the closet with a knife with me and all the things. And as soon as I was preparing to self-harm and all of that, the phone rang. And 
It was, I didn't know any words to pray. I had nothing to cry out to the Lord. And I didn't even believe that he would be able to show up in that moment. But my heart's cry was, God, see me. And I feel like that was the reason I took that phone in. And an aunt who lived across the nation, who I'd not seen in months upon months, called me. And she's not even really spiritual, but yeah. she said, I just want you to know God loves you. Mm. And it gave me the strength to get up. It gave me the strength to know that he sees me in this place. And yeah. it would be years before I recognized what it would be like to get help and to really bring the totality of those emotions to him. Yeah. But I am so grateful for your work because there is nothing that we have to hide in the shadows from God. Yeah. I have recently been hearing a lot about EMDR. Yes. And I know that it is a common practice now, but so many of us are wary of new things that pop up. And, yeah. you know, we we really want to ensure that we're not engaging in any practices that are outside of the word of God. And so yeah. I know that you are an advocate of EMDR. And I want to ask, why is it important that we begin to recognize the benefits that EMDR can bring us? And what are those benefits? For sure. Well, I will say this, even before I get into answering that question, we have to remember that God's not done creating. Mm -hmm. And I think as believers, we kind of want to have like our little like pool of resources that we feel like are tried and true and vetted. And then we're just like, well, okay, these are, this is it. This is the only thing. This is the only scope of resource that is anointed by God or permissible to God. And so I'm going to stick to these and we sometimes get a little bit, not prideful in a way that is mean-spirited, but sometimes we can slip into the pridefulness of believing that we have mastered a knowledge of God. We've we've exhausted um, the knowledge of how God can show up, but he's infinite. Mm -hmm. So God's going to be showing up in ways 100 years from now that we never thought were possible, you know? And so I'm always reminded to keep my heart open and close to the Lord and to never refuse the resource that he's giving. Um, so EMDR is a really, it stands for eye movement, desensitization, and reprocessing. It's a really powerful um, process. It really just uses the biological process that's already at work in our body. When you're on the phone with your girlfriend and you're processing something, you might be pacing back and forth. That's called bilateral stimulation. That's at the core of EMDR. And if I were to simplify it, really EMDR is about helping your body experience and align with the truth that you want to believe in your heart, right? Because we can believe something in our mind, but that doesn't mean our body is caught up with that truth. You might have a phobia from a childhood and know that water is not too scary, but that doesn't mean your body's not going to experience that terror. And so EMDR really aligns not just our mind, but our spirit and our body in a way that helps it all align with the truth, a positive truth, because the negative experiences we've had have been biologically encoded into our bodies, right? They become physical responses. And so we want to let the truth of God has spoken over us be just as a physical response too. Mm, that is beautiful. I have heard you talk about how, you know, he even bridges the generations and those 
methods that our grandmamas and our great grandmamas practiced to find healing as well when they paced as they walked and prayed, when they yeah. laid prostrate on the floor before the Lord and how that um, combination of those, that movement and their prayers, the movement and the words, the movement and just releasing that pain to the Lord has healing power there. So that yeah. is helpful. It's helpful. I know that today I have been involved in a lot of different conversations where people have shared that it just feels as if the word trauma is overused. And I want to ask you, is this accurate? Are we mislabeling past experiences as traumatic? And yeah. if so, what is the difference between a painful experience and a traumatic experience? That's a good point. Um, I would say yes and no, to be quite honest. I think that we are actually surprised by how much pain everyone else is in. Mm. And we're like, well, it can't be that bad. No, it is. There's a reason why we're waiting for this earth to pass away. Yes. There's a reason why God, God's like, I'm starting over. There's a reason why. It actually is that bad. And I think that for most of us, the idea that, every, like, first of all, we have been tricked by the enemy into believing that there is a scarcity in attention. So we feel like only a few people can have that deep attunement and attention to their wounds. And so we feel like when other people's pain is just as deep, we feel like they're taking something from us. We're like, oh, wait, like, well, it can't be that bad for you too. It is. It's it's that bad for almost everybody. <laughs> you know, not everyone, but almost everybody. And, you know, I think one of the things that makes trauma so hard for people to truly empathize with. I think people love the information, but when it comes to the empathy, they wrestle a little bit. Uh, trauma is deeply personal and deeply contextual, meaning you can't say something was not traumatic to somebody unless you know the full context of their life, right? Someone saying, my dad never came to pick me up from school. Someone could be like, that's not trauma. But for the kid who experienced that every single day for a year because their dad was absent, that is trauma but you didn't know the context, right? And so context always matters. I would say the difference between a painful moment and a traumatic moment is a painful moment is a moment that is uncomfortable in the moment, but when passes does not deeply influence the way you see the world and the way you see yourself. If I trip on my one of my kids' Legos, it's not going to shift my world perspective. Um, even if a friend says something to me I don't really like, that may not shift my world perspective. I might be like, I didn't really like that. Talk about it, reconcile and move on and, and then even maybe forget it, right? But the difference between trauma is trauma then causes us to live in a loop as if that same painful moment is happening all the time, almost everywhere, right? Um, our brain begins to think and become preoccupied with the pain of that moment because it can't make sense of it. It constantly is assessing whether that pain is gonna show up again, right? So for someone, a, a friend saying a mean thing could be traumatic. And for them, they might think anytime someone criticizes them, it's because that person hates them, right? Which causes them to isolate, which causes them to not believe I'm unlovable, which causes them to not lean into community and which causes them to develop anxiety, maybe then a sleep disorder. Right. And so do you see how that one moment for someone could be fleeting and then that same moment for someone else could really be deeply traumatic? And so I think that 
when we think about trauma, there is a humility we have to adopt. And there is an honor that we have to adopt as well for the way that God truly has made us all differently. Um, and that is something that I have have loved about the work I'm doing is that God has really challenged me and said, you don't decide what hurts for someone else. Mm-hmm. You don't live in their body. You don't have their mind. You don't have the perspective. What you do have is the opportunity to connect to their pain and help them walk through it. So I would encourage anyone who is skeptical and is like, oh, trauma is you so much. I would even encourage curiosity. And why does that frustrate you? That is so helpful. You know, there is a reason that we are waiting for this world to pass away, family. My goodness. One of the scriptures that helped me when I first began to recognize that I needed help was in the 42nd division of Psalm. I just couldn't even believe it was there. David was saying, my soul thirsts for the living God. When can I go and be with my God? And, you know, we're not sure what context he was sharing this psalm in. He may have been saying, I just want to go to the temple. I just want to praise my God. I just want to be free in his presence. But we know that he wrestled with a variety of emotions. And so for me, that verse took on a completely different meaning as I learned that, you know, it was okay. It was okay to acknowledge some of the pain that I had been dealing with because I was actually the primary one that dismissed it. You know, I was raised with two parents in my household who were very well off. And so I dismissed some of the bullying that I experienced. I dismissed Uh the drunkenness and the issues with alcohol I had. I dismissed the anorexia and all of that. And then the suicidal tendencies that evolved from the ways that I was handling my depression, because in comparison to others, I didn't have anything to be worried about or to be bothered by or to be concerned or feel that was traumatic. So can you just help our sisters who are listening in, who are hearing you and they're saying something she's saying is speaking to my heart right now, but I don't know if, you know, I need counseling or if I need EMDR, what would you recommend? For that sister right now who's made a practice of dismissing her own pain. Oh, my goodness. I would first say I see you. I feel you. We see you. We feel you. Um, And then also I would encourage you get radically honest. If If you were to be as honest as you could possibly be, no pretenses, no qualifications, none of it, are you okay? And if you had to live the way you're living right now forever, would you be okay? And if the answer is no, you need support. Beyond you need support, you deserve support. God is providing support because he has more for you. And if you're honest, you're probably longing for more and there are resources to help you get to it. Amen. Just going to let that sit there, sis. You can pause this right now. You can come back to it at any point. It's time to get honest. Kobe, in chapter three, you retell an account and you share a little bit about a client who 
had a problem identifying God as an advocate because she'd always been taught to think and act as if he was solely an audience. Can you talk to us about why that shift, that opportunity to see him as her advocate was so important? Did you hear? Did you hear? Selah, a study of First and Second Samuel, the study that I have written is now available. <laughs> I am so excited to get this into your hands, but I want you to know that we're not only going to study the scriptures, but we're going to pray together as well. This study includes six video sessions and 30 guided prayers to help us settle into worship. When you visit Amazon, you can find it there, but you can also grab it at livedooly.com slash Selah. And when you go to that webpage, you will find a freebie as well. If you've ever been interested in learning about when King David composed the Psalms and what was going on in his life at the time, I have compiled a little resource for you to really learn more about that in comparison with First and Second Samuel. Together, it's my prayer that these resources help us enjoy scripture even more. Wow. You know... We have a personal savior, like a personal savior. And we say that, like, you know, raise your hand if you want to accept Jesus as your personal savior. But man, we miss the nature of what it means to have a personal relationship with someone, right? If I'm on stage and you're the audience, if I fall, rarely is someone from the audience going to get up and come help me out. But a friend who's backstage with me will. Right. That God is not we're we're not living this life to perform. We're not living this life to get people to think certain things about us. We're living this life to be close to Jesus, to be close. We're getting we're getting back to, to Genesis, too. We're just trying to get close. And God is available for that closeness. But I think that some of us um, have been taught through, you know, religious uh, structures and churches that like performing is enough. Just look like you're close and that's enough. And that's really oriented based on people, not on God, right? Because he's the one who honors the person who closes their door and, and cries out to him. He's the one who decides, you know, I was thinking about this yesterday. God decides what's holy. You know, I think there's so much discourse in culture about like, that's not holy. That's not good. That's not that. God, to be holy, to be set apart. God decides what's set apart. We would have never chosen Rahab. We would have never chosen a prostitute and said, you are set apart for God's purposes. And yet God sets her apart, right? We would have never chosen David and said, you are set apart. We would have never chosen the people that God chose. We would have never chosen the ways and the things that God chose. And so when God is, is calling you to be set apart, that's with you and him. There are people who might do things that are fine and God's like, but not you, right? And vice versa. So I think that when we get close to God, we can have a peace. I think that also, sorry, this is a little bit of a rant, but sometimes we conflate holiness and closeness with God with anxiety. Mm. We think we must feel a sense of anxiety and a sense of I'm not good enough. I'm not doing well enough. What am I doing wrong? 
we feel like we almost have to have that playing in the background of our minds to be pleasing to God. And yet he's a prince of peace. And yet he's the one who says, my burden is light. My yoke is easy, right? So inviting people like that client to see God's here to help you and support you, not to judge you. God's here to dwell with you, to laugh with you, to just be with you, not to judge you, you know? And I think so many people are thirsty for that, thirsty for that, and and are almost afraid, a lot of my clients afraid that it's not possible. But uh, my joy is helping them find that it is. It is possible. It is possible to find enjoyment and pleasure in his presence. And I appreciate how you spoke to that confusion that we create between anxiety and holiness. You know, um, it's something that I have felt the Lord telling me in my own quiet time. Remember that you write, you give, you live from a place of joy, delight, you know, pleasure because I'm with you, not because of some standard or people you're trying to impress or, you know, it really does create a shift. And so I thank you for that. The last question that I have for you on this subject is, you know, when we go through hard traumatic events and we find ourselves questioning God's goodness, it can be hard to continue to worship him or to find the strength. And I want to ask what recommendations or what might you tell our sister who's listening in, who is having a hard time recognizing that he is pleased with her, that he does sing over her, that he holds every tear in a bottle. Give God what you have. Right. When the woman gives her two coins, that was everything. When the woman pours out her perfume, that was everything. And I find that there are mornings where it's hard to pray. And so I'll literally say, God, my prayer this morning is simply saying thank you and walking with you outside. That's what I have today, God. And I give it to him. And we can be tricked into thinking unless you have something elaborate, you have nothing to give at all. And that's a lie. That's a lie that keeps us isolated. Give him what you, if what you have is Jesus, thank you for seeing me. And thank you that you love me. Even when I'm in a bad mood, then give that to him. And I say that all the time. I have to remind myself, God, God still loves me when I'm in a bad mood. God's not afraid of my bad mood. God still blesses me when I'm in a bad mood. So I don't have to pretend I'm not in a bad mood, right? So give him what you have. If all you have is to, to open up that version app, read that verse, and listen to that two-minute video, give that to him. If all you have is a second to close your eyes and say, thank you, Jesus, give that to him. <sighs> Y'all, that blessed my soul. I wasn't even trying to take a pause. <laughs> if all you have... If all you have ah, is the opportunity and the and the strength to tell him good morning and take a walk outside, know that that is enough. Kobe, this book is a gift. Just like your time has been a gift to us today, your wisdom has been a gift to us today. Can you please tell everyone where they can find it and get connected to you? 
Yes. Well, you can grab my book at www.kobecampbell.com slash book. Um, it's also Target, Barnes & Noble, Walmart, Books A Million, all the places. Um, and you can get connected to me and social media at Kobe Campbell underscore. Beautiful. Before we let you go, can we ask you a few secrets? Oh, the first one is, you know, this is a really fast paced culture that we live yeah. in. What are some intentional practices, affirmations, things you put up yeah. on your wall, things that you do to help you remember to slow down? Oh, I try to take a walk every morning with no technology. I try to get up before the kids are up. And that, now that it's summer, it's a little brighter. So it feels a little easier to do. And I just go, I walk around the neighborhood and I just look at the trees. And there's something about looking at creation and realizing how small you are in all of it that makes you feel like, oh, you know, yeah. that thing isn't yeah. that big, is it? Yeah. Yeah. So I like to do that. And then I, I live, my friends do not like it. My phone lives on do not disturb. <laughs> okay. I realize I don't like hearing the ding, 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 ding. And so what I do is I set aside time to respond. And so you contacted me. Now, if, if you do the disturb anyways, I will hear it. But um, if you contact me, I will get to you when I can. And that's something that's sometimes great and sometimes not so great. But I try to do my best to stay present with my clients, stay present with myself. Mm. That's one I have not ever heard of. That is amazing. The next question is, what is bringing a smile to your face these days? Oh my gosh. What's bringing the biggest smile to my face these days is seeing how much my little boy has grown. I feel like I just had him and he graduated from pre-K and he's going to big boy school and I just, when I think about it, I want to cry of like excitement. I'm like, hi, you were just bored. I'm like, I get it now. I get how my mom feels. She's, I'm 30 and she's like my baby. And I, I'm like, mom, I'm not a baby, but I get it now. Cause my son says the same thing. He's like, I'm not a baby. And I'm like, yes, you are <laughs> forever. My baby. Yes. That is so precious. Oh my goodness. So precious. And then the last question is, what are you looking forward to in the next weeks, months, anything coming I'm up? I'm looking forward to going on a trip. Mm. I am going to Mexico and I'm going to, just being near the ocean makes me feel close to God. Just being near the ocean and just breathing in that salty air. Oh, I cannot wait. I cannot wait. I'm, I'm literally counting down the days. So I'm very excited about that. Oh, yes. That sounds uh Amazing. I hope you enjoy every single moment of it. As we prepare to close out, would you pray for us and our sisters Absolutely. who are here with us today? Absolutely. Oh. Jesus, thank you that even our sighs, our prayers to you. Thank you that you see everything and you know the meaning of everything and with you, we don't have to over-explain. With you, we don't have to qualify. With you, we can just come as we are and say what we need to say. God, draw us near. Break down every lie, every pretense, every teaching that has built a barrier between you and us. Help us to not just serve you, God, but to live as your friend because it's 
the friend that knows the will of God. Let us live, God, like John, like the disciple you love, like the one who was brave enough to lay his head on the chest of Jesus. God, we want to be able to do that daily. So anoint um, our days, anoint our relationships, anoint our work, anoint our hands, anoint our perspective, God, anoint our journeys of healing, God, that we would be supernaturally awakened to your presence, awakened to your power, awakened to your love for us. God, help us to be motivated to change through love and through nothing else but your power in that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen and amen. Mm, that conversation was good for my soul. I pray that you can say the same. If there's anything that resonated with your heart, which please head over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Audible and leave a rating and review. It will truly bless this podcast more than you know. Now, in the meantime, I am on Instagram at Candid Live, and it would be an honor to connect with you there. Talk to you soon. Love you.